Welcome everybody. Welcome to River Glen. Welcome to part three of Anxious for Nothing. Thank you for the privilege of coming into your home. We are one church in hundreds of locations today. If you're new, my name's Ben. I'm one of the pastors. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you'd like to find out more about River Glen, about our vision and ministries, love for you to come to Welcome to River Glen online this Sunday from 1 to 1.45. Just simply click on the welcome banner or the link and let us know. Well, it's hard to believe it has been eight weeks since we last met together in a physical location. A lot has changed in our world in a short time. Maybe the last eight weeks have been less than ideal. You've worried and wondered about the future. You felt a little anxious or maybe very anxious. That's why this series called Anxious for Nothing could not have come at a better time. This series is helpful for all of us in the midst of these uncertain times, but especially for those of us who deal with anxiety on a regular basis. I wanna begin by showing you a couple numbers because they tell such an important story. The latest research tells us that 40 million adults admit to struggling with anxiety in the United States, and this number keeps growing exponentially. We're also seeing a sharp increase in anxiety among kids and teens. And since 1990, anxiety disorders have jumped by more than 1,200%. That's stunning. Anxiety disorders are the most common disorders in our country. We have a pandemic of anxiety. Now, as I've said repeatedly throughout the series, anxiety is complex. Some anxiety is physiological, some is emotional, and some is circumstantial. And some levels of anxiety are so severe, they will require medication or counseling. And if you need it, please get the help you need. Take your meds prescribed by professionals and don't think you can stop taking them just because you think you don't need them anymore. Lean on the professionals. And if your anxiety has taken you to a really dark place and it's just beating on you and has led you to thoughts of maybe hurting yourself, I wanna encourage you, take a picture or a screenshot of this phone number and call this number. Help is available. Anxiety is very treatable. And let us know so that we can help you too. But in addition to the physiological, emotional, and circumstantial causes of anxiety, anxiety always has a spiritual component to it. And that's what I'm trying to deal with in this series. What we're doing is working our way through some words written by the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter four, where right in the midst of these words, Paul says, do not be anxious about anything. Now here's the context. Paul is writing these words, not from some fancy five-star hotel, but from a prison cell in Rome. Paul had always wanted to go to Rome because it was like the center of the universe, like New York City. And he believed if he could reach the influencers in Rome with the good news about Jesus, he could reach the world faster. So he dreamed about going to Rome someday. And now he's in Rome, which is great. But what's not so great is that he's in prison, chained to a Roman guard 24 hours a day, awaiting execution. So from a Roman prison cell, Paul writes these words from Philippians chapter four, verses four through six. This is from the BDT version of the Bible. Blame God, I'll say it again, just blame God. Let your anxiousness be evident to all. The Lord is nowhere to be found. Stress out about everything. Big stuff, little stuff, things you can't control, things you wish you could, things that might come true and things that never could possibly happen. In every situation, see it as an opportunity to gripe to other people about how bad you've got it and how everyone else is cruising through life. Allow your envy and self-preoccupation to blow the problem out of proportion. Above all, never talk to God about it. He doesn't give a rip. 
And if you continue on this path, the anxiety that transcends all human understanding will give you ulcers, heart disease, headaches, joint pain, and lousy relationships. So rejoice and be glad. Like I said, that was from the BDT version, the Ben Davis translation of the Bible, which is actually the way I've thought way too many times in my life. How about you? Can anybody relate to the Ben Davis translation? But Paul has a totally different perspective than we typically do. Here's what he really says in Philippians chapter four. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which is what we're all looking for, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, last week we focused on this one single verse on how God wants us to get ultra specific with him in our prayers about what we're anxious about, to lift up our prayers, petitions and requests. But today I want to focus on one single word in this single verse. And here's the word thanksgiving. Did anybody notice how we skipped over this word last week? Here's my message today in one sentence. Anxiety goes down as thanksgiving goes up. Our goal in this series is to move from anxiety to peace, from anxiety to calm. We actually use this acronym for the word calm from Max Lucado's book, Anxious for Nothing, when we planned this series. I titled the first message of this series, Celebrate Who God Is. He's good. He's in control. Position yourself between his goodness and control. Last week, I titled the message, Ask God for Help. God tells us to cast our anxiety on him through specific prayers. Now, today, the title of my message is List What You're Thankful For. And then next week, we're going to wrap up with the letter M. And if you want to know what M stands for, make sure you join us next weekend because all four of these go together. So let me say today's message in one sentence again. Anxiety goes down as Thanksgiving goes up. I believe the quickest way to get rid of anxiety is to double down on Thanksgiving in your life because gratitude and anxiety have a really hard time coexisting. Why? Because you can't live in the world of what if, what if, and live in the world of already at the same time. Anxiety is about a future fear that may or may not happen. But gratitude is about a present blessing that's going on right now. And you can't really live in both of those worlds at the same time. I came across a, a lot of research on the benefits of gratitude, the power of gratitude. Gratitude improves your sleep, which means you have less fatigue, less depression, and less anxiety. Gratitude literally improves your physical health when you live with Thanksgiving. Research shows you can actually reduce inflammation at a cellular level just by being grateful. I mean, if gratitude came in a pill form, we would call it a wonder drug. I like what this Benedictine monk said, happiness does not make you grateful. It is gratefulness that makes you happy. I wanna show you the word for Thanksgiving in the original language that Paul uses in Philippians chapter four. The word is Eucharistius. Eucharistius. Now, as you look at this word, does anyone see an English word that we get from it? How about this word, Eucharist, the Lord's Supper? We call it communion. We take some time every week in our service to express our gratitude, our thanksgiving to God. You take and eat a piece of bread or cracker that represents the body of Jesus because he died for you. And then you take a cup of juice 
and drink it to remind you of the blood that Jesus poured out as a substitute payment for your sins. So you are free from guilt, free from shame, free from fear of the future. This is a great place to begin a list of gratitude. Let me show you another important word inside the word gratitude, the word charis. This is the Greek word for grace. Grace is at the core of our relationship with God. God gave us amazing grace through Jesus, but every moment God gives us grace. From the moment of your birth, to the food you eat, to the water you drink, it's just grace upon grace upon grace. And then I want you to see a third word in this word gratitude, the word kara. This is the word for joy. When the Holy Spirit of God comes and lives in us, he just fills us with joy that just erupts and bubbles up inside of us. And so when you follow Jesus, here's what you discover. Grace is what you receive. Joy is what you experience. And gratitude is what you express. We receive grace from God the Father, joy from the Holy Spirit, and we express gratitude for what we have in Jesus Christ. And we celebrate it together every week through the Eucharist, through communion, which we'll do a little bit later. And as we do, our anxiety goes down as our thanksgiving goes up. But let's face it, it's not easy to live with gratitude living in our culture, especially with social media. We scroll through our Facebook or Instagram feed and we see everybody else's highlight reels, their stunning vacation pictures, their CrossFit workout of the day, their kids are all dressed in adorable outfits they handcrafted and eating vegetables from the garden they planted on the farmhouse table that they built yesterday afternoon from some pallets they found behind Target. And all of a sudden we start believing that we're not good enough. We're not beautiful enough. We're not smart enough. We're not worthy enough, not blessed enough. And our anxiety goes up as our Thanksgiving goes down. I don't know the name of the person who made this uh, brilliant statement, but it's not only deep, this is right on target. As you go through life, make this your goal, look at the donut and not the hole. I love that, that's gratitude right there. I do wanna ask you to do something right now. And I want everyone to do this because if you don't do this, this sermon is useless today. Even if you're not a Jesus follower, I hope you do this, it'll benefit you. I want, I want every person to take out your phone, take out your phone and go to your memo or note section of your phone. And I want you to start making a list on your phone right now of what you're grateful for. Some of you, if you still live in the 19th century, pull out a pen and paper, that's fine, go old school. But start making a, a list of what you're grateful for. Maybe, maybe the food you eat, the home where you live, the bed you sleep in, the health you enjoy. Maybe the names of friends or family members start coming to mind. Children, grandchildren that you love. The answer to a prayer. The person who gave you your first Bible. The person or persons who pointed you to Jesus. Just whatever comes to mind. Good things. Puppies, popcorn, playing golf. By now you should have maybe three or four items on, on your list, but keep working on that list. Because honestly, it's more important that you do that than you listen to me right now. Because the power of gratitude comes when you write it down. Many of you will probably recognize the legendary basketball coach from Duke University, Coach K. Coach K has won five national champions. One of the, one of the greatest basketball coaches of all time. The last time that Duke won the championship was in 2015, which some of us remember because they actually beat Wisconsin for that championship. But we can learn something. Coach K did an exercise that he credits in large degree for their success. 
He gave everyone a basketball, coaches and players. And he said, I want you to write on this basketball the names of all the people who got you here. Could be a friend who supported you, a teammate who passed you the ball, a coach that trained and developed you, a parent who took you to hundreds of basketball practices and attended your games. I want you to write down their names and carry that ball throughout the entire tournament with you on the bus, on the airplane, at the hotel room. Some of them even slept with it in bed to remind them you're not playing for yourself. You're playing for a wide circle of people around you that helped you get to this place in life. And that simple exercise in gratitude changed everything. Who's helped you get to this place in life? That's the power of making a list like you're writing down right now. And it has the power to help you overcome anxiety. Some of us focus so much on what we don't have or might not have in the future that we have forgotten what we do have right now. And listen, whatever you have in Jesus Christ, if you're a follower of his, is greater than anything you don't have in life. Let me illustrate this for you. Let me try to illustrate this. Let's say one day you're sitting at home and you've never really had much in your life. You've always just barely gotten by. But one day two men in suits come and they uh, knock on your door and you open the door and they say, we're attorneys and we have some bad news and good news for you. Can we come in? You let them in and they come to your kitchen table and sit down and they say, the bad news is that a distant relative of yours has passed away suddenly, but you didn't know them. So the bad news doesn't shake you up too, too badly. But the good news is there seems to be indication of a sizable estate. It's complicated and spread out all over the place, but this relative left all of it to you. Now here's a check for $10,000. It's all we've been able to find so far, but if you'd like, we'll investigate the size of the estate and get back to you when we find out more. And you say, go ahead, investigate. If nothing, nothing else shows up, you still are $10,000 richer than you were before the doorbell rang. And so you start spending the $10,000 and having a good time with it. And you sort of forget about them. But three months later, they come to the door again and say, the estate is larger than we thought. There's a home in Hawaii. There's artwork. There's various bank accounts spread around. Here's a check for $100,000. And if you'd like, we'll go back and keep digging more. You say, yeah, go back and keep digging. And you're dancing around the house because $100,000 is more money than you have ever had at any one time in your life. You start spending it and having a great time. But three months later, they're back again. And this time the guys are shaking. And they say, you're not gonna believe this, but there are real estate holdings all over the world. We're finding investments worth millions. This is a staggering estate. Here's a check for $1 million. Would you like us to keep investigating? Yeah, investigate on, you say. And you're ecstatic and you think, how, how long is, is this going to keep going on? $10,000, $100,000, $1,000,000? $1 the resources seem to just keep getting greater and greater. And I'll just end this illustration by saying every three months they keep coming back and announcing something new. And every time you find out you have a greater inheritance than you ever thought possible. Now, as wild as that story seems in the economic sense, the same thing happens in a spiritual sense for every follower of Jesus. When you start following Jesus, having realized that you were a sinner and would stand before a holy God someday, you knew you were in big trouble. But then you discovered that God sent a savior to you in Jesus Christ. And you felt so grateful 
that you're not headed to hell anymore. You're going to heaven. You're saved now and forever. Just that knowledge was exhilarating, right? People said things like, you know, what are you so happy about? Because they noticed this new joy in your life and you lived on that high for a while. But two or three months later, you begin to find out that in addition to being saved, God also has put his Holy Spirit inside of you to comfort you, to guide and teach you and empower you with a gift for serving others. So for two or three months, you run on that type of high for a while. But then you find out, in addition, you, you've become part of a community, part of a family, and you have brothers and sisters in Jesus, and you get in a life group where there's a spiritual bond, there's laughter and love and connection and community, and you start building relationships in God's family that are deeper and more significant than any relationships you've ever had before. And you run on that high for a while. And over the course of your spiritual journey, you keep running into discovery after discovery through God's word, through answered prayer and promises all throughout scripture until your heart is so full, it's just about ready to explode. And finally, you come to realize that you can say, I may not live in a mansion. I may not drive the most spectacular, luxurious vehicle. I may not have millions in my investment portfolio, but because of the Eucharist, I have grace from the Father joy from the Holy Spirit and unlimited gratitude from the hope I have in Jesus, both in this life and the life to come. I'm never alone. And there's nothing in all creation that will ever be able to separate me from the love of God in Jesus. I am rich. I am rich. Louis Schwartzberg has done some incredible time-lapse photography. And I want to invite you to take a few minutes and just let his images grip your heart as you listen to a 90-year-old man Talk about the power of gratitude. You think this is just another day in your life? It's not just another day. It's the one day that is given to you today. It's given to you. It's a gift. It's the only gift that you have right now and the only appropriate response is gratefulness. If you do nothing else but to cultivate that response to the great gift that this unique day is, if you learn to respond as if it were the first day in your life, and the very last day, then you will have spent this day very well. Begin by opening your eyes and be surprised that you have eyes you can open. That incredible array of colors that is constantly offered to us for pure enjoyment. Look at the sky. We so rarely look at the sky, 
so really note how different it is from moment to moment with clouds coming and going. We just think of the weather, and even of the weather we don't think of all the many nuances of weather. We just think of good weather and bad weather. This day, right now, is unique weather. Maybe a kind that will never exactly in that form come again. The formation of clouds in the sky will never be the same that is right now. Open your eyes, look at that. Look at the faces of people whom you meet. Each one has an incredible story behind their face. A story that you could never fully fathom. Not only their own story, but the story of their ancestors. We all go back so far. And in this present moment, on this day, all the people you meet, all that life from generations and from so many places all over the world, flows together and meets you here like a life-giving water if you only open your heart and drink. Open your heart to the incredible gifts that civilization gives to us. You flip a switch and there is electric light. You turn a faucet and there is warm water and cold water and drinkable water. It's a gift that millions and millions in the world will never experience. So these are just a few of an enormous number of gifts to which we can open your heart. And so I wish you that you will open your heart to all these blessings and let them flow through you. That everyone whom you will meet on this day will be blessed by you. Just by your eyes, by your smile, by your touch, just by your presence. Let the gratefulness overflow into blessing all around you. And then it will really be a good day. I probably watched those images and listened to those words 10 times this week. You think this is just another day in your life. It's not just another day. It's the one day that is given to you. It's a gift. And the only appropriate response is gratefulness. So respond as if it was the first day of your life and the very last day of your life. And you will have spent this day well. One of the great blessings of gratitude is how it changes your mindset right now. Anxiety is about a scarcity mindset. I don't have enough. I won't be enough. But gratitude is a mindset of abundance. Look at all that God has given me. Look at all the people who have helped me to get to this place. And you can see God's blessings and fingerprints all over your life. So keep working on your gratitude list. I believe for many of us, we would enjoy life more. 
if we made this a habit and worked on a gratitude list each day. I know I have a tendency to focus on what I don't have or what I might not have in the future. But about six years ago, I tried something new. I started beginning my day by writing in a prayer journal. Part of the journaling includes making a gratitude list. And as I take a moment and write down a few things I'm grateful for each day, I can literally feel it making a difference in my heart. My anxiety goes down as Thanksgiving goes up. Gratitude is a powerful antidote for anxiety. Years ago, in the pioneer days of aviation, there was a pilot named Handley Page who took, the, who took a test flight. During this test flight, which lasted a few hours, he heard a noise in the cargo hull of the plane. He recognized it as the sound of a gnawing rat. He realized that while the plane sat on the ground, a rat had somehow gotten in. And for all he knew, the rat could be gnawing through a vital hydraulic line or a cable that controlled the landing gear. And this was back before the days of autopilot, so he couldn't get up and go kill the rat. This was a very serious situation. Then he began to remember from his junior high science class days that rats weren't made for height. They were made to live on the ground and under the ground. They can't adjust to a lack of oxygen. So he pulled back on the controls and began to climb. He went up a few thousand feet and then up another thousand feet and then up another thousand feet until the gnawing completely stopped. He was able to bring the plane back safely to the landing strip. And when he got there, he found in the cargo hall a dead rat. I'm telling you, worry is a rat. Anxiety is a rat. And if you want the gnawing to stop, you need to climb higher. And you will find that anxiety cannot coexist with the God of peace. It cannot survive in an atmosphere of gratitude. It cannot breathe the same air that gets pumped into you and me as we climb higher toward our God. And that's what I want to invite you to do today as we take a moment to climb higher and express our gratitude to God. Remember, grace is what you receive from God the Father. Joy is what you experience from the Holy Spirit. And gratitude is what you express to Jesus Christ. And we celebrate it every week through the Eucharist, through communion. And as we do, our anxiety goes down as our thanksgiving goes up. I'm going to pray for us. And then I want to invite you to take and eat a piece of bread or cracker and drink some juice or beverage to share communion and give gratitude to Jesus for giving his life for you. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for wanting to remove anxiety from our lives. Thank you for your word and how it speaks to us. Thank you for the way it's true. If we climb higher and know you're near and celebrate your goodness and ask you to help and list the things we're grateful for, it calms us down. And so God, I pray during these next few minutes, this might be one of the calmest, calmest times we've experienced all week as we center our thoughts and heart around you and what Jesus has done for us. And out of all the things we could list that we're grateful for, this one is at the top of the list. Thank you for laying down your life and going through with the plan so that we could live forever. We're eternally grateful. And God, I pray as we spend this time being grateful that you would take our anxiety levels down. I pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen.